Welcome to the preaching ministry of Nest Baptist, where we seek to equip people to love God and love others. Whether you are a longtime follower of Jesus or are exploring what faith in Him might look like, we are glad you're here. It is our prayer that by listening to this message, you may better understand who God is, what He has done for you, and what that means for your life. May all of this lead to the worship of God and be for His glory. There's something about seeing stories sort of like acted out that kind of brings the reality, re reality of it home. Like you see it in sort of a fresh way. And uh, so I think it's great that we can sort of embark upon that and we can see the kids walking through all of these different elements of what it meant that God became flesh and came and dwelt among us. And over this Advent season, we've been considering that reality and what it was that it actually brought into uh, all of our lives, what it brought into this world. We saw the hope that it has brought to a world that was in need of hope. Uh, we saw that it was really the greatest act of love that has ever been given, the peace that has been given uh, to us through this. And this morning, the joy. It, it brings a great amount of joy into our lives uh, if we are ready to accept this. And in, in the days that we're uh, sort of leading up to this story, I mean, it was sort of like situated uh, near the beginning of this story, but it wasn't really acted out. Mary went to visit her cousin Elizabeth right in the midst of, uh, of the angels telling her what was about to happen to her. And she goes to, uh, Mary goes to her, her elder relative Elizabeth to tell her of this amazing message that the angel Gabriel had just told her that she would bear a child and his name would be Jesus. And Mary is just so overwhelmed that she has to give this news to Elizabeth. She's just thinking, who can I go and tell this to? I am going to go to her home. And the scene that ensues is a scene that is really overflowing with joy. The mothers are joyful as she comes to visit. The babies inside the wombs are jumping for joy. And why is there so much joy in the midst of such a dramatic event? Because we knew that it was incredibly costly for her. So in the midst of this drama, now her heart must have been reeling and her mind was reeling. There was this sense of anticipation and joy that was welling up between all of them. And why does the angel who appeared to the shepherds in the next chapter of Luke, why does he say that this birth of Jesus would be good news of great joy for all of the people? Well, actually, one of the clues I would say comes at the very beginning of Mary's song in Luke chapter 1 as she is pondering all of these things that this angel has just told her, I believe we get clues as to why this is such an, a joyous event. And she comes to this profound realization of just how fortunate she is. She's deeply humbled by what she has just heard and experienced. Why would the Savior of the world come to her, a teenager, a person of no particular status, of no position. What have I done to deserve this blessing is what she begins to sing about in this chapter of Luke. And what she realizes is that she has done nothing to deserve it. She comes to this profound realization it has nothing to do with me. I have done nothing to deserve it. I've done nothing to get it. God chose her and came to her and blessed her. And like all of us who come to this understanding of God's mercy in our lives, we did nothing to get it, we did nothing to deserve it, and that's why we call it mercy. It was divine mercy, and that's why it's beautiful. 
But the fact is it cost somebody something. It cost us nothing. It gave us everything, but it cost him everything. The Son of God left heaven. You know, when we sing that in the song that we sing, How Many Kings, which I think we're going to close by singing later this morning, in How Many Kings, and it's true what we sing in that song, that there's only one king who left his throne and who came to his people, this greatest act of mercy. Only one king did this to come and to rescue them. Because what we see in every other religion and every other god, the best you would hope for is that they would leave you alone. You didn't want them to come near. Gods were meant to be a peace so that they would stay away from you and not destroy you. But there are also those in Greek religions who would build their ladders to reach to the heavens so that they could be like their God. If they tried hard enough and they were successful, maybe they could get there. They could get to that level. But the reality is, is that there is a gulf between God and us, between heaven and earth, and it's a gulf that we just can't span. We can't make a bridge. We can't make a ladder. God had to come to us, and He did at great expense. Even though we didn't ask for it, even though we resist it, even though we often fail to see our need for it, He did it. And this brings us great joy. He did for us what we were not able to do on our own. You know, usually in our relationships when things go wrong, we quite often think that the other person is to blame. I say quite often, it's probably usually all the time, right? We always think the other person is to blame. You're to blame, it's all you, you messed up. You should have done something differently. And the other person, they're always saying the same, right? And it goes on and on and on. And it will keep on happening. We get into that cycle with each new problem that arises, but there's something that has to happen for that cycle to be broken. And what is that? Someone has to break it. Maybe it's, maybe it's never happened for you. Hopefully it has in a relationship where one person has to say, yeah, I am to blame. I did play a part in this. And then suddenly that changes everything. That relationship that was fractured now becomes restored. And it's a beautiful thing, and it takes great humility to stand in that gap and to say those words because it hurts and it's hard. But when you want that person back and things start to heal because you've done a costly act for the redemption of the relationship. And at Christmas, the omnipotent God became a baby and let his defenses down and he humbled himself. I mean, you didn't even admit that you were wrong, but he came anyways. You see, Christmas tells us that God became fragile. He became someone who could get hurt, and it was costly. Why would he do that? To restore the relationship, to get us back, to bridge that gap that existed between us and him. It was a beautiful thing. It was an act of mercy. Do you see it? Do you understand it? You who have children will know this vulnerability, the way in which he came. And as we mentioned, Daniel and Priscilla, you know, they just sent me a few photos of their little one, their little one-week early baby. And she's so fragile, so dependent, so vulnerable. When we see a child like this, we're left at amazement. How could God have ever been like this? How could he have ever made himself like this? How could he have done this? In one of Martin Luther's Advent sermons, he said this as he considers this baby Jesus. He says, are you afraid of God? He places before you a babe with whom you can take refuge. 
You cannot fear a babe, for nothing is more appealing to the human heart than a baby. To me, there is no greater consolation given to us than this, that God became a man, a child, a babe, lying in the lap of his most gracious mother. Are you afraid? Then come to him, lying in the lap of the fairest and the sweetest maid. You will see how great is the divine goodness, which seeks above all else that you should not despair. So trust him. Trust him. Here is the child in whom is salvation. To me, there is no greater consolation, he goes on to say, given to mankind than this, that Christ became a man, a child, a babe, playing in the lap and at the bosom of his most gracious mother. Who is there whom this sight would not comfort? Now is overcome the power of sin, of death, of hell, of conscience, and guilt. If you come to this gurgling babe and believe that he has come, not to judge, not to judge you, but to save. See, the one through whom all things were created by and for became a baby. It was a miraculous act of mercy. It was gracious, and it was done for us. Why? To get near to us, for relationship, for our benefit as his creation. See, we are told that it was all joy for him and it becomes all joy for us. In Hebrews it says, For the joy that was set before him, Jesus Christ, he endured the pain, the suffering, the shame, the vulnerability of what it meant to come as a baby. For the joy that was set before him. And what is that joy? That joy that was set before him was a relationship with you and with me. This was mercy and this is what this is what Mary was recounting as the angel told her of what had just happened to her. The mercy that had come. Why me? Why have you done this for me? Total mercy. When you see it, when you accept it, as Luke chapter 1 verse 45 said, blessed are you. You receive blessing. This is why there is joy. It was mercy that was costly and it was for you. Have you trusted in him? Let's pray again. Father, we are just so grateful for that this morning. To be able to have this time that we can just kind of come together and we can recount the things that you have done. And so, Lord, we have come here this morning for this brief period of time to remember and to reflect on these things. Through the words that were spoken, through the readings that were given, the songs that were sung, and the way in which even these, these children were able to act out this greatest act of mercy. And so, Father, our hearts are contemplating that this morning. And Lord, in a world that seems to be in many ways deplete from real and true and honest joy and rejoicing, you came to bring joy. We see it so clearly through this story that we have just seen acted out before us today. And it was joy for us because it was joy for Mary as she considered the way in which you came to her. Though she didn't deserve it, though she didn't ask for it, you came to her and you blessed her and her heart over, overflowed with thanksgiving and joy and glorifying you. And so we do that as well this morning, Father. Thank you for the joy that you have brought into us, that even in the midst of our heartaches and our despair, and maybe the good times that we experience as well, that we can have a joy and rejoicing that only comes 
when we find our hope in you. So we thank you for Jesus this morning, and we thank you for the way that he came to us as a babe, not to judge us, but to save us. We thank you for this glorious message, and we want to sing to you of it again, even now. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks for listening in to the preaching ministry of Nest Baptist, where we seek to equip people to love God and love others. If you would like more information about what we do and why we do it, please check out our website at nestbaptist.com, where you will find links to all of our ministries, weekly updates, contact information for our staff, and a button to donate. Your donations go to making resources like this possible and helps us in many other ways in reaching our surrounding community with the good news of Jesus Christ. So thanks for listening. We hope to see you soon.